0: If you want to turn to John chapter 1, we'll be there this evening. I, as everyone went to the G3 conference, I had uh, kind of sort of planned to go, and then I couldn't because of work. And then we realized that someone had to stay here <laughs> to teach on Wednesday. So, it's like, well, that makes sense, you know. It was providential. I had... Not been able to go, so um, I know Richard's going through the Book of Acts, and Josh has been hitting on some things here and there. But uh, you guys are just going to get a little bit of what has been on my mind, dealing with uh, uh, or other religions, I guess, and 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 the 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 right view of Christ. This these videos pop up. These Muslim videos pop up. It's like a Muslim apologist, and the guy is really good at arguing. Uh, He's a he's a good apologist for the Muslim faith. I should say he's um, very well spoken, very nice, compassionate. Um, And I I saw some of what Muslims believe tie into. I had a last. I think it was last Wednesday. I was out because. Uh, i would gotten to know a, a Jehovah's Witness. He came to my house one Saturday, and we got to talking. And, and I explained some things. I gave him the gospel, and he had uh, he had said that you know I'd mentioned you know you guys got your own version of the Bible. You got the Watchtower, and uh, I explained you know their their Bible adds to or takes away from the from the Word of God, and we'll we'll look at that. But the one thing they have in common and also the uh, Mormons, none of them believe in the deity of Christ. And that's a problem. So, the Muslim, they, they go by the word Islam, or Muslim. It's kind of, those two words are kind of the same word in their language. It just means one who is, submits to God. One who wants to do the will of the Father. So, by that very definition, we would be Islam, but not in the contemporary definition. It's a, it's a non-starter because we understand that Islam is its own separate religion that does not believe in the deity of Christ. They believe he was just a prophet and he was a good man. He didn't actually die. God protected him and just took him up to heaven, and everything's great. Um, but I want to read John chapter 1 to kind of set the tone because in the first little bit of John, we, we see... All of, all of Christ, the, the, the picture of Christ. You know, I was, I was talking to an Armenian friend, and he said, I like the book of John because it shows the humanity of Christ. I said, no, it shows the deity of Christ. It shows that God was fully man, fully human, or fully God. And, and in that respect, that he, he was the God of all creation. We have it right here. So if you would stand as we give honor to God's word, very familiar here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light, that was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, but the world did not know him. He came into his own, and his own did not receive him, but as many as received him, he gave them a right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And this word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Merciful Father, as we come before you this evening again, we thank you for your word, and we just ask that you would eliminate it to our hearts. Lord, let us see the glory of Christ this evening. Let us see the deity of Christ, that he is a triune God. Lord, we love you and we praise you, and all of God's children said, Amen. So, there's a term called Arianism. It's an early church heretic that believed that God is, is self-existent and he's, inter- he's eternal. The Son of God is not self-existent and eternal. So that's a major flaw. So Jehovah's Witness, Islam, Mormonism all kind of share that view in, different, in various ways. So Islam, God is one, self-existent, eternal. Jesus was a prophet that did not die. He, he just got magically swept up into to heaven, and that was that so the religion or cult it 's really a cult it started as a cult it morphed into a religion because it 's kind of accepted as a religion but the, the 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 Islamists will tell you that the the Bible is the Word of God. they will admit to that, and they 'll say, you know the first five books or they'll they 'll They'll quote different parts, but one of the things that this Muslim apologist that I had mentioned earlier—they—they they had a banner up at their tent as they're as they're talking to people. And again, I admire what they're doing as far as is defending their faith because I think Christians are horrible at it. I think I think Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, Mormons, even even like a lot of Islam, they do a, a fantastic job, although they're spreading lies. <laughs> they they do a a good job at trying to to spread those lies um even though it's a very dangerous thing so on their banner it says jesus was a muslim because he did the will of god or wanted to do the will of god so jesus lived 600 years before uh islam was even a thought right so a little weird so we look at john 4 they also say that the word of god cannot be corrupted so you've got they'll tell you the bible is the word of god uh, that and and the word of god cannot be corrupted but then they say the bible is corrupted so that's a non-starter also so if you look at john chapter four verse 34 it says jesus said to them my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his word do you not say there are still four months, and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for all they white for the harvest. So he says, my food is to do this. This is, this is what I'm here for. This is, so that the Muslim would say, look, Jesus wanted to do the will of the Father. Islam means one who desires to do the will of the Father, so therefore Jesus, you know, Jesus must be a Muslim. It's basic math, I guess, for the Muslim. And if you look at John 5.30, one more chapter over here, I can of myself do nothing; as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Again, Jesus, I I want to do the will of the Father. Go over to John six thirty-eight. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me. That all He has given me, that I should. Well, we'll just leave that one out for a second. We're just going. We're going to get there. Yeah. That's later. That's good stuff. So this is the word of God. The word of God has been corrupted, even though they say it can't be corrupted. And they use John, the gospel. They really like the gospel of John in these uh, apologist videos. So they go through these verses like, look, Jesus was a Muslim. You should become a Muslim too. Jesus is great. Let's all have a party. You know, like just join Islam. So they, they use these verses, and then you go down to the very next verse. This is the will of the Father that sent me, that all he has given me to me, I should lose nothing, but I should raise it up on the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I'll raise him up on the last day. He goes on, trying to prove that Jesus is a Muslim, and then he says this is corrupted, but then they use the Bible to, to demonstrate, hey, look. He want to do the will. He's a Muslim. I'm going over to John fourteen, verse twenty-eight. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice, because I said I am going to the Father. For my Father is greater than I. So look at there. The Father is greater than, greater than I. I'm, I'm subordinate to the Father. And that's absolutely right. In his humanity, Jesus came to do the will of the Father. He submitted to the will of the Father in his time here on earth, and that is absolutely correct. Uh, They will also tell you that God cannot die. Well, if he humbled himself as a man and took on human flesh, of course he can die if if he was truly human. Um, The problem there is that to be... Uh, to reconcile God and man you have to be you have to be a representative of both I'm just going to stand like this you have to be a representative of both parties uh, you cannot not be God and reconcile um, God to to humanity you can't not be human and reconcile humanity to God so you, it's, it's the God man and that's represented uh, on the three crosses you've got the two thieves one believed one didn't and you had the sinless one so you had all of Humanity represented right there. You had those that would believe, those that would not, and the Redeemer. All represented. That's the only three types, three types of people that have ever lived. You've got the, the sinless one, you got sinners, and you got saints. That's literally it. So the Father's great in our eyes is it, true in that fact. He left his glory. It's like, and the word became flesh, and we beheld his glory. This word, this logos, um... In, in John chapter 1, we all understand Logos, the, 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 it w- which means word, which is capital L, meaning Christ. Um, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Then it says he created everything. He, in him, all things were created, and apart from him, nothing was created. So, left his glory, humbled himself as a man, did the will of the Father, kept the law perfectly... But does that make him any less eternal? It it doesn't say, well, God manifested me or or somebody, if he's one of the angels that graduated into a deity. You look at John 17. We're going to look at John 17 a few times. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you. You have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had before the world was. Same glory, same same in nature, uh, the triune God like, coming together right there. When, when Jesus was baptized, it, you had the, the Trinity present. You had God speaking, like, this is my son, and I'm well pleased. And you had the Spirit of God descending like a dove, all right there together. In Genesis 1.26, says, he says, let us make man in our image, us, our, um, the word back in Genesis one for God is Elohim. Elohim is is a plural form of a singular God. It's a kind of a weird dynamic. Uh, it's derived from the word Eloah, which is where we get the the, uh, the word Allah in Islam. So Eloah Allah, Elohim is God plural, uh, not a plurality of gods, but God plural. Islam teaches um, that that it's God singular, Allah, Eloha, Eloha. That's that's a. It sounds like Hawaiian, doesn't it? Eloha. So, long and short of it is is Islam teaches that works righteousness. Um, They they teach that so your your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds. So. I could never be a Muslim. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not good at good deeds, uh, and the scriptures tell us that our good deeds are as filthy rags. If you need further, uh, if you need me to clarify that further, speak to me afterwards. It's kind of gross. Um, so you, you have to do more good than evil to be saved. Which, in my sinful mind, I would be like, well. I could go feed the poor. Uh, you know, I could I could build up credit, you know, like sin credit or something. Cause that's how my brain works. I'm twisted, I guess. Or or human. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm a twisted human. So as we learn in Romans Romans three, you know, we've been working through Romans, that none is righteous and no not one. They're you know, all have fallen short of the glory of God. So any good works that I do have, if they're not for the right reason, which is to glorify God, see their 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 works-based righteousness is for to earn merit, right? The Christian works is is to is to glorify God. So the, they don't have the right reason. So even then, it's still it's filthy rags. It's worthless. So Islam technically is a cult by definition. It cannot save. So, Jehovah's Witnesses have a similar Arianistic worldview. So, they really like uh, they like to take you to Isaiah 42:8. Let's look at that. Who's the guy that pronounces it? Isaiah. Isaiah. I wish I had a cool accent. Isaiah 42, verse 8, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another. I will not share my glory is what he's basically saying. Let's go back to John 17 again because who doesn't love John 17? As we read before in verses 1 through 5. Oh, now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was again. So my uh, my Jehovah's Witness friend told me that, you know, obviously that God does not share his glory with another. He's, he's, he's the eternal God. Jesus was created as part of he is a deity but they claim that there are multiple deities. So <laughs> go, can I just choose one or how does that work? So they say that Jesus is the son of God. They will, and that that sounds good, right? Like well and everybody sprinkles a little bit of Jesus in. Like the Islam will not disrespect Jesus. They 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 will tell you they love him. He was a, he was a prophet. He was all these great things. And they will not disrespect him at all. So this word Oh now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, so the word glorifies doxazo it 's a verb it's it 's an action. Father, glorify me, give me back, give me the glory. the glory which I had before the war was, and that word for glory is doxa. You know we sing the doxology, so ology comes from the word logos in the in like we had learned in John chapter one, the logos, so that 's the same same terminology the the logos so the the and it also means logic. So you can kind of tie that in as the logic of the glory of God. You, you know, the, the doxology, Paul has many doxologies. So this, this logical idea of glory is what's behind that word doxology. So in Isaiah 6 they love this one too well now let's get a, let's look at Exodus real quick, is that, Exodus 33. This is <coughs> This is Moses, he says And he said, Please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to him, and I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on him, I will have compassion. But he said, You cannot see my face, nor for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, Here is a place by me. You shall stand on the rock, so it shall be While my glory passes by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and you will cover and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand, and you should see my back, but my face shall not be seen. So we know that Moses' face shone for, was it three days or several days? He had to wear a veil just so he could be in the presence of other people because just that glory of God was so. Radiant that people could not stand to even look at him, and you think of when Paul was on the road to Damascus, and then the glory of Christ, Christ appeared to him as a bright light, and and immediately Paul recognizes, "He's like Lord," and then Christ goes on, "It's like, stop, your mind, just you know, come along." I'm obviously paraphrasing heavily, but it's the same glory, this this radiant light. Paul was uh, Paul was blinded, right? We we understand that. So it's the same idea, the same glory, which God shares His glory with no one. But if if Christ was not um, part of the triune Godhead, He would not He would not have had glory, the same glory as the Father. And it doesn't differentiate when in John seventeen, it doesn't say, "Give me black, give me back the glory that that you had given me previously," or it, it doesn't explain that. It doesn't say. Uh, it doesn't. They will tell you that it's a lesser glory, but if it was a lesser glory, like, well, give me, can I have my glory back, you know, as, as the little bit that I did have, you know, that I, it wasn't quite your glory, but, or why would it change, they would have changed the word from doxa to another lesser form of, of glory. So, in Isaiah 6, <clears throat> very familiar also, they love this, <coughs> excuse me. One through nine. <clears throat> In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood a stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to the another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door was shaken. By the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And when the seraphim flew by me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. Your sin is purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who shall go for us? Then I said, Here am I. We know that this is Isaiah seeing Christ. And if you'll turn to John twelve forty one. Thanks. Thought I was boring you just went to get me water. Right? I thought I could get through without needing water, I guess. Sadly mistaken. So John 12, verse 41. These things Isaiah said when he saw the glory of God and spoke of him. This is John pointing us back to Isaiah 6, 1 through 9. In this glory of Christ... The idea of this robe that filled the temple. You know, a robe was a significant of royalty. A long robe, you know, like you see wedding gowns with a long robe and you got all the women helping get that. That's that's significant of royalty, which Christ being the king would have had this long robe in, inside of the, the temple. Isaiah was in the presence of Christ. And, and his immediate response is like, I'm a sinner. I can't even be here right now. And you know, you see the angel of the Lord touched his mouth, said, hey, your sins are forgiven. So in Hebrews 1, 1 through 14, <clears throat> God who at various times and in various ways spoken times past by the Father's To the fathers, by the prophets, as in these last days, spoken to us by his Son, who has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who, being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, and when he had himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For which, for to which of the angels did he say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And again, I will be a father to him, and he shall be my son. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. This is when Christ was born of the Virgin Mary. And of the angels, he says, Who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a, fire, a flame of fire? But to the Son, he says... Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. So, well, let's just finish. And you, O Lord, in the beginning, laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. And they will grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will fold them up, and they will be changed, but you are the same. And your years will not fail. But to which of these angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? Look at verse 8. He says, But to the Son, he says... Your throne, O oh God, is forever and ever. This is the Father talking to the Son. Your throne, O oh God, is forever and ever. It doesn't say, well, since I created you and I made you heir of all things, now it's yours. This is the Father speaking to the Son. And then they, like, so the, the, the Jehovah's Witnesses, they're all about the kingdom, the kingdom. Um, this gentleman asked me to come meet him because he said he had looked into some of the things that I had talked about. So we sat down, and I said, okay, well, what do you have for me? Because I was going to be on the, the receiving end of this conversation and and hopefully uh, draw out, you know, gain some knowledge as to where he stood, and to my surprise, he said, I was going to ask you the same question. <laughs> I didn't say I looked into all the Jehovah's Witness stuff. You told me you had answers for me. So here we go. So I told him exactly what I had for him, you know, what I knew uh, of Jehovah's Witnesses, and, and I gave him the gospel. So he finally asked me, he said, what are the parables about? I'm like, well, the kingdom of God. He said, exactly. We're, we're Jehovah's Witnesses. We're witnessing to the kingdom of God, and this is... Their, their their eternal life is the kingdom. Heaven's full. It's got the 144,000 people that are already there, which I don't know how. If you took 144,000 literal that were preserved by God, who somehow inherited eternal life or this, or or yeah, the 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 other heaven, not the king. They got heaven. We get the kingdom. I think that's how it works. So they were all Jews, according to Revelation uh, chapter seven. I think it is. So somebody from this tribe, somebody from this tribe, somebody from that tribe, 12,000 from each tribe of Judah. So I didn't quite get that. So that what they're really doing is, is they're selling you on this perfect government. Um, they, the, the Christ will rule and reign, and he's going to have this perfect government. And I kept, I kept referring to the triune God, because I want him to understand that God is triune. He says to me, well, the word Trinity is not in the Bible, because, you know, I didn't know that. And I said, uh, I said, okay, so if I lay three rocks on this table that we're sitting at, I said, do I really have to explain to you that there's three rocks on this table? And he's like, no, I can plainly see it. I was like, it's the same with Scripture. It's plainly demonstrated all through Scripture. You have God the Father. You have God the Son. You have God the Holy Spirit. We're baptized in the name of all three. We're not baptized in the name of God unless you're um, apostolic. Then it's just Jesus. So that's a whole other thing. Um, so they're, they're selling, I said, so finally, I said, I understand a little better. You're, you're trying to sell me on a bill of goods for this better, this better government, this better life. And I'm going to inherit, um, I'm not going to inherit, uh, uh, heaven, but I I can have a little bit of, you know, a better government, a perfect government is what you're selling me on. So that was news. And that's what he said. I I was like, okay, perfect government, not heaven. And then they love Colossians 1. So we just, we just got to look at that. Verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. See right there, firstborn. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. So there. Uh, it's the New World Translation. So they get to the part where it says, He is the invisible, image of the invisible God, firstborn over all creation. It's like, see, He's the firstborn. He's created. He's the firstborn of creation. I said, well, why isn't that in creation in Genesis? Like, why don't we get, like, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the sun, and then, then we, us, Elohim, created the rest of the things. It doesn't say that. I mean, you'd think that would be kind of an important detail if Christ was... Uh, part of creation, and, they, and then they go on to say, well, he's the archangel, and Michael, is it Michael or Gabriel? He's one of the archangels, and that since that angel's created, he's actually Christ incarnate, so that's a whole other fallacy or whatever. So then the New Living Translation, or New World Translation, not New Living, um, says... For by him all other, they add other, all other things. So he was created and then all other things. Are, it's like God created Christ and all other things from that point on were, were created by Christ for himself. It's not in the Greek. I looked. They say that their translation is a direct <laughs> translation from the original Greek. Um, again, they say that a God, multiple deities... And John 1, you know, again, creation. Genesis 1, again, Elohim. And in John 8, 48, uh, when, when, when the Jews were talking about Abraham our father, and Jesus responds like, well, before Abraham was, I am. And then what did they do? They sought to kill him. It wasn't, it wasn't because... He, he was disrespecting Abraham. He was saying that before Abraham was, I am. I am God, as in eternal. He didn't say before Abraham was, I was, which would indicate being created. So they, they want to say Christ is, is he created. He's the firstborn among creation, and after that, he created all things. If if Christ were not eternal, he wouldn't be the I am. The Jews would have no reason to be upset. They wouldn't. They wouldn't seek to stone him for blaspheming God. So long and short of it is, they're they're selling you a bill of goods on this this new government, this perfect government led by Christ. One of the things that he he did, I, I did give him the gospel, and I, I urged I. I I told him to repent, believe the gospel. Um, his response was that I'm really close to inheriting um, the kingdom. I'm, I'm there. I'm really close. I'm almost there. And I was like, did you not, did you not understand what I told you? I said, like, you're, you're in danger of eternal hell, and, and I, I care for you, and I, I want you to understand that. And he said, yes. I said, so you're saying you understand that? He said, yes. Um. So then he starts giving me more of the the uh, J.W.'s uh, typical jargon. He says, "You know, in 1914, the the kingdom of God. There was a between 1914 and 1918, there was a great cleansing, and then that's when Jesus' kingdom was established. And now he's ruling and reigning." And so I said, "Well, you you told me that." The word Trinity's not in the Bible, right? He said, "Yeah." I said, "So, where in the Bible is this 1914 cleansing?" He says, "It's not." I said, "Okay." So why am I supposed to believe it? Because the Watchtower, which you hold in higher regard, in Scripture tells you so. And again, you have a works-based salvation. You're trying to gain favor with God by getting more people into His quote-unquote kingdom. I said, it's all lies. So the long and short of it is it's another form of Varianism because they don't don't believe in in the deity of Christ. They believe he is a deity. Uh, One of my first encounters with a Mormon was a lady. She came in, and uh, I always ask people how they hear about us at the shop, and she says, oh, at church. And I was like, oh, church yes you know so i was like oh yeah what church and she said oh the mormon church down on and i just decided at that point like i'm just gonna leave that alone you know because i don't know her very well yet and i don't want to just tell her you know you're in a cult and going but anyway similar very similar to you know the, the the oneness of god but she asked me she's like what do you know about uh what do you know about Mormons? And I was like, I don't know, not a lot. And I was like, you know, they got, you know, Joseph Smith tripped over a stump or something in the woods and Jesus appeared to him and something about the angel Moroni. I, I mispronounced it. It's Moroni or Moroni. And then she corrected me. I said, and and so this angel, uh, you know, Joseph Smith hid behind a curtain with some magic glasses and interpreted these golden tablets that the angel Moroni or Moroni showed him, interpreted these tablets, and that's how you got the Book of Mormon. I said, and nobody knows where these tablets are today, which would be great. Um, you you think that uh, uh, a lot of Americans are, are, are a lost tribe of Israel. You think that uh, you're going to have a bunch of spirit babies and the men are going to inherit their own world. And she's like, I've never heard of half of this. And I was like, oh, okay. So just like most Christians, you, your Muslims and your Jehovah's Witnesses and your Mormons are fairly ignorant of of their own religion so I was like well you know you, know, you can look into it and if you got any questions I'd be happy to answer it for you and I, I gave her the gospel So we talked for like two hours um, so their, their Jesus is that God the Father AKA, aka Heavenly Father they refer to him as Heavenly Father nothing wrong with that um, had a spirit baby with Heavenly Mother. So there's some of that going on in heaven. And they had baby Jesus, who then was born again. It sounds weird to say Jesus was born again. Born again through Mary, and then, you know, ultimately paid for the sins of the world and so on. The Holy Spirit somehow earned his way into the Godhead via works because he was apparently a really good angel and became part of not what they really can, they don't have a traditional view of the Trinity, but there is some sense of a Trinity, but not the same as we have. So Mormon men, again, will inherit their own planet. If you're a good enough Mormon, if you tell enough people about Joseph Smith and the uh, Book of Mormon and do all these good works, it's works-based, again, I've got to do X, Y, and Z, I've got to appease God, I've got to go out, uh, everybody's an elder too. Elder, when you turn 15 or so, you become an elder of the, the Mormon church and they go out and witness to people. And honestly, again, that's one of the things that, that I admire. But so ultimately you become the god of your own planet. Good news, right? But you have to come down as Christ did somehow, you have to be God, and then have a spirit baby, and then wait a minute, I think you become a spirit baby and then you save your own planet, and you ultimately become God, you have more spirit babies with some other spirit mother. I'm not making fun. It's just not found in scripture anywhere, so eventually, you get your own planet, you become God of that planet, you have another Christ-like spirit baby with some other spirit mother, and the process continues. It repeats. So my Mormon friend came in. The very next time I saw her, she's like, you know, I was at temple or whatever they call it, and they, they spoke about the the glasses that he used to uh, interpret the tablets. And I was thinking, cool, because it's weird, you know. And I said, like, well, so what did you think about it? And she says, well... I thought it was a little odd, so I called my sister, and she said that there's just some things that God doesn't need us to understand. And I said, well, that is false, because everything we need to understand is contained in the scriptures. Everything that God needs us to know is contained in that. We will continue learning all about God all throughout our, our time with him we'll never not we will never know the full glory of God we'll never understand uh, his grace fully we'll never understand the triune God fully we will spend the rest of eternity worshiping him and trying to understand him learning from him and i I mean it's you know I don't have to go to work or anything, so <laughs> like all right, so we have. These twisted views,, so everybody likes to sprinkle a little bit of Jesus in, right? Uh, the Muslims like, "Oh yeah, we like Jesus." The, the Mormons like, "Oh yeah, yeah, Jesus, this is what Jesus did the The Mormons like, same things, uh, we believe in Jesus. They even believe that Jesus paid for their sins the The Mormons and the, and the Jehovah's witness will say that. but but who is the biblical Christ? He's he's the he's the eternal son of God from all from before the world was from all eternity. And you you it's kind of crazy to try to it's almost like you're talking to dead people like they're like you're shaking their head, "Yes." And you really are. You're talking to dead people. They're shaking their head, "Yes." They're like, "Oh, yeah." Yeah, Jesus. I like it, but, but they're full of dead men's bones. It's, the, it's, a, it's a horrible thing. This guy's sitting there smiling at me, telling me I'm almost saved. I'm, I've almost got it. He offered very little scripture. He offered very little anything other than like, well, you, you've read the parables, right? They're about the kingdom. You've you got to get in the kingdom with me, earning his way. So this biblical Christ is from all eternity, humbled himself as a man, took on human flesh, kept the law perfectly, did the will of the Father perfectly in keeping the law, suffered and died, beaten, put on a cross, and was crucified. He was dead and buried. He rose on the third day, appeared to over 500 people. You could touch his scars. You could feel the The wound in his side, scriptures tell us. And then what did he he do? He took the wrath of the Father on the cross. He took the full weight, the full measure. And you think about this. He took the full measure of an eternity of sin for the people that would believe. An eternity of punishment. One man. Several people. He's the only person to have ever lived, as Josh mentioned, uh, Sunday. He's the only person that could understand the wrath of God because he is the only person that has seen it firsthand. He understands the wrath of the Father. He has participated in the execution of that wrath, for he is part of the Godhead. He took that wrath on behalf of Sinful man, rebellious man who hated him from all eternity. We're at enmity with God. We've, as we've been going through Romans, we understand that. That is the biblical Christ. The gospel is Christ died for sinners. Christ died for us. Four words. I can count now. So if you run into these people, show them love. Do not Especially Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses, they get they get the door slammed in their face. They get cussed, but they're really out there doing what we should be doing, but we don't. Part of it is we know that we don't have to earn our way into heaven. The flip side of that is that we should be doing it out of this great love that God has for us. We would want other people to understand that great love that God has and urged him to repent. So I'll leave you with that. Let's pray. Merciful Father, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, and we thank you, we thank you for your wrath, your wrath that was poured out on him on our behalf. It's a, it's a scary thing that we will never fathom. Only, only the demons in Christ know what your wrath could be like. Lord, we just ask that you be with us the rest of this week, be with those who are traveling at the conference, and bring us back Sunday at the point of time. We love you and we praise you, and it's all the children said.